Hey everyone, and welcome to the Fire and Ice podcast, the official podcast for fireandicesoccer.com. This is Ryan Voyles, and joining me as always is friend, colleague, and fellow Chicago Fire fan, Jeff Engelhart. Jeff, how are you doing on this fine Wednesday night? Yeah, I'm doing well. It's been a while since we've recorded. Uh, obviously, we normally do this on a Sunday. I know we both got kind of tied up on the weekend, which was unfortunate since the fire had a tremendous performance. But um, we were definitely free tonight, and they had another tremendous performance. So I don't know how anybody could be feeling down after watching their team look so good two nights in a row. It was definitely a nice pick-me-up. And I know you didn't ask me how I'm doing today, which I forgive you for. In my real job, I've been covering all of the Illinois State budget situation. So it was very nice to take an hour and a half break from that fun fest. All right. Wait. Time Okay, I hear you. I hear you, mister. I have to cover the state budget situation. In my real job, we're being affected by the state budget situation. All right? I work, you know, never mind. Anyways. Yeah. Our model on the show, six sports. <laughs> Stick to sports. That's right. People aren't here to listen to either of us talk about the Illinois state budget, which doesn't even exist. And hasn't for two years. years. They're here to talk about two things. One, hardcore nudity, and two, Chicago (laughs) Fire. And since this is an audio format, that first one doesn't really turn out all that well. So let's talk about the Chicago Fire. And you already hinted at it. Tonight was another fantastic night. Um, We're literally recording this 15 minutes after the final whistle. And Chicago Fire end up on top of Colorado Rapids 3-0 in a game that I would say for the most part was pure fire domination from beginning to end. Whistle to whistle. I mean, it was never in doubt. They were just the better team. And it's, that's different from the Seattle game. We didn't get to talk about that since we didn't do a podcast after the game. But, you know, Seattle actually had the better of the play in that first half. And you, it would be normal to be concerned and Chicago just turned it on in the second half. Not the case tonight. Chicago completely dominated all 90 minutes. It was their best performance of the season without a doubt. This team looks playoff ready. No doubt about that. Um, I mean, you just look at the final stat line. Um, Let me pull that up here. This is good. This is good audio, good radio here. Pulling up stats here, Chicago fire, uh, control possession, 57 to 42%. They completed 84% of their passes, um, 73% of that in the attacking half. Outshot Colorado 11-7 um, with four on target with Colorado's three. And really the most dangerous uh, possession Colorado had the entire game was a uh, Brandon Vincent almost own goal. at a very nice save on. Yeah, uh, you know, I think the fire were just feeling so frisky. They wanted to score on both nuts. I mean, that's how good they were tonight. And uh, But Brandon Vincent was really good tonight, I thought, um, aside from that almost own goal. Obviously, he was the, uh, the crux to that first goal, which credit to Nico, though, because, you know, at least when I think of Nemanja Nikolic, I think of scoring with the feet, and he came in there and, That's not an easy header. I mean, he drove it straight down, which is uh, a tough technique, and he did it well. 
but credit to Brandon Vincent as well for just putting it right on a dime. Uh, it was a really nice cross. And that was Nico's 10th goal so far this season, which... Yes, that's just that crazy, crazy. It's funny. It's just amazing that, again, just with Chicago Fire's good luck this season, they bring in a DP in the offseason, and what do you know? They actually perform like uh, you expect from a designated player. So <laughs> it's just it's thing that can go right seems to go right, with the exception of a road trip, but we'll get back to that one in a little bit. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, right, the, the road trip didn't go as well, and, and, of course, we have some questions there. But you're right about the overall structure of this team, and I think – what's getting lost in the narrative because people are really excited about this team as they should be. Um, is just how good Nelson Rodriguez has been and how good so far Belchko Panovic has been, um, again, to a point because we'll get to the road issue, but, um, especially Nelson Rodriguez when, I mean, I remember when, when this hire was made that people were thinking that we were going to be Chivas USA all over again in the Midwest. But is there really any room to criticize any move that Nelson Rodriguez has made? Has he made a bad move? I mean, Kali Chama is pretty bad. Right, but I mean, that was a, a pretty forgivable offense. It didn't bog down the team's payroll. It didn't actively cost a team. Oh, maybe you could criticize the fact he hasn't tried to fill the right back position, but that's something that we saw tonight. Uh, the fire, something we've been harping on for a long time. I know it's something you've been dreaming about for months now. Uh, none other than Matt Polster started tonight right back. And I thought overall for his first game, first start of the season, I right back. I thought he was fine. I thought he was, it was a perfectly acceptable debut for yeah. right back. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to go crazy and say it was fantastic. I think you're right. It was good. Um but you're also right that it was a dream of mine because I think Matt Polster is a good soccer player and as we've written about and talked about in the past, I don't think soccer is uh, as crazy difficult as some people make it. I know that there's a there are there's a segment out there that thinks that if you grow up a right back, you have to be a right back. If you grow up a center back, you're going to be a center back. Soccer is soccer. The ball is the same. You just have to learn where to be on the field and how to how to move the ball from that position. And I just think Matt Polster is way better than Michael Harrington. Again, in any position you put him at, whether it's midfield defense, striker, wherever you want to put them, Matt Polster wins that battle. So I was happy to see him out there, and I think he put in a pretty good performance. Yeah, I think he definitely played well enough where if you're Ponovic, you'll start him again at right back this weekend just to see what he can do and at least keep him in the rotation at right back. Um, he, didn't, he didn't do anything to cost the team, and – I don't know, where do you want to go from here, Jeff? I mean, there was I feel like we could highlight so many different players tonight who, you know, look so good. Yeah, I mean again, Polster, you know, had that assist on the on the second goal. Um, Nico scored that third goal. I mean 
everyone played really well tonight. There's no, there was no bad performance. Um, I think the move to Lamson from Bava has been, been a smart move. When you just lump both the Seattle game and tonight's game all into one, um, I think there's a lot to be positive about. So we could talk all night about, you know, how Brandon Vincent has looked better, how Matt Polster is, is kind of starting to fit in at that right back spot, how even the substitutes when they, they make their uh, presence felt, um, they, they come in and they do their job. I mean, Jonathan Campbell, it doesn't matter. They're all, they're all contributing. So we could talk about all that positive stuff, which is great. But I think, like I said earlier, this team looks like a playoff team, which is not what I had them as earlier in the year. I had them at number seven. I think they're now number five or six. So I think they are a playoff team. But if we're going to hold them to that standard, we need to start seeing some results on the road. Would you agree with that? Oh, I don't think there's any question about that. Stories has been so far near perfection at home. Now five wins, one draw at home so far. But yet they still have not found a win on the road with three losses and one draw. And, I mean, there's probably another little storyline you could probably throw out there. Um, we'll get the quality of opponents they faced at home versus on the road. But I think the team has looked decent enough on the road where I'm not overly concerned. Um, I think we saw during the Red Bulls match and during the Galaxy match, this team can still be very competitive when it needs to on the road. Just for whatever reason, it seems like it can't put all the pieces together. And I you know in the past we've talked about whether that's a coaching problem, whether it's just a player's fitness. Um, but I don't think it's something that is not fixable. Uh, do you think this is something they can fix? Well, I hope so. And I, I think so too. Um, Belchko Panovic has been a topic of hot conversation um, among the Fire fans and other podcasts even. And, you know, we enjoy all the other podcasts. But there's, there's been people calling for his job. And I think these last two games show that maybe, you know, you pump the brakes on that because he is a good coach, I think. All I want to see is getting some more results on the road. I'm not saying wins – a few more draws would be nice. I think this team is destined for the playoffs. Manja Nikolic, I mean, that guy might win the Golden Boot first year in the league, which is crazy. That's insane. So this team is set up for a lot of success, and I think Panovic just needs to make sure he keeps going in the right direction, and he seems like the guy to do it. Um, overall, I've been impressed with him. But he does need to pull out some more results on the road and just needs to show that this team can play with the lead on the road. We, we know they're going to be great at home. They're dynamite at home. That's been really good. That's an improvement as is. But just show us that you can hold the lead on the road once or twice, you know, get a couple results, and I'll be feeling pretty good. And I think that we'll see this team playing some uh, – uh, soccer in the playoffs. Yeah, my only concern really when they do play on the road is it seems to be a tr running uh, trade for this team this year and last year 
Or they just seem to bunker down a little too much in the second half, which isn't totally unusual for a road team. But it's something you like to see the fire just be – and Ponovic himself just be a little more aggressive with um, style, with substitutions when they're on the road. And yeah. I don't, yeah. think, I don't think that's a, a problem that can't be addressed. So. Right. Right. I, I agree with that. And I think, um, you know, he might learn to manage that a little better. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, overall, that's, that's a good point. But to focus back on the home stretch just a little bit, the Fire, after a very poor one point in three road matches, they come home and they dominate the defending MLS Cup champion, Seattle Sounders. And then they dominate the Colorado Rapids, outscoring them set, both points combined, seven to one. And I, I think this has to be the most perfect statement that the team can make in a week, um, especially with all the doubt, a lot of the cynicism starting to seep through again after that road trip. Um, it just seemed like it was a perfect way for the fire to respond, which. I don't think I could say for fire teams in recent years that they'd be able to make this kind of statement. So yeah, I'm- no, never. And that's, that's what's been great about this is I think that maybe now they can take that momentum and carry it out to a road game. That's a very winnable game. They're going out to DC United, right? So DC United is maybe better than people think. They're no slouch. Uh, don't get me wrong, but you can go to DC and pull out a draw. So We'll see if, if the fire can keep this momentum up to the point to where they're getting confident enough and, and um, just sure about themselves and their style of play to where they can go out there and, and pull a result on the road. But you're right, 7-1 to one in these two games, that's huge, I think, absolutely huge. And first sellout since 2015 in that game against Seattle, that, I mean – like as a as an athlete playing in front of that many people, that has to mean something, and you just hope that they can find a way to carry that energy with them, and you have to hope that Toyota Park, you know, all those people coming out there, seeing the way they played against the defending champs, they come back. We're not going to hold the attendance against anybody on a Wednesday night. You know, those are always going to be a lower attendance games. Those are that's fine. But hopefully the next Saturday game, it doesn't need to be a sellout, but, you know, more butts in the seats will be nice. And I think that this team has deserved it. So uh, yeah. how it I, wrote my, I wrote in my piece the other day just how good it was to see that uh, reported sellout against Seattle. It just kind of reminded you that for all those flaws, and there are plenty of them, Toyota Park can be a really fun place to not only watch a soccer game, but I'm sure for the players to experience that, I mean, that crowd can get loud and raucous. Right, and there's something kind of cool about having a stadium that size because, you know, obviously Seattle is Seattle and and they play where the Seahawks do and Mm -hmm. they get tons of people there, but it's an NFL stadium. But when the fire fill up Toyota Park, I mean, um, that is a special a special atmosphere when it happens, but we just don't see it happen enough. So hopefully as this team starts to make its mark, um, the city takes notice and starts to see more sellouts or at least near sellouts where there's just a lot of people there uh, week in and week out. And that'll definitely be a storyline to follow as the season goes. 
unfortunately for the Fire, though, they're going to be playing their next game on the road, and it's going to be against the aforementioned D.C. United. And D.C. United is a hard team to understand this year. Uh, they're currently seated 10th out of 11 teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, they've just been – their defense has just been terrible. I mean, they've given up the – they're tied for the most goals given up in the Eastern Conference with 18 in 10 matches. And Bill Hamid, a big part of that was Bill Hamid uh, missing some time. But he's, but he's back, and he actually gave up four goals against uh, – not exactly great team. But then you see D.C. United also pulls off um, and wins like they did against Atlanta. So it can be difficult to kind of judge what Atlanta team that the Fire are going to be seeing this weekend. Yeah. At the, yeah, I mean, I think that this is a team you should expect a result against. Uh, again, if you, if you want to have those playoff aspirations, which this team looks like it does. There's no reason to um, go into D.C. and not have a 1-1, 2-2 draw kind of a game. Uh, D.C. is a tough team to beat, so I'm not saying you go in there and get a win. It'd be nice, but I wouldn't expect it. The, the strange thing about the team is you would think their strength would be the defense, and it hasn't been. So I'm not, I'm not really sure what to expect on Saturday, but with Steve Bierenbaum, with um, Bill Hamid, uh, it's always a tough, it's always a tough ask to get some goals, especially when you have to travel. So, hopefully, they can find a way to get a one-one, maybe a two-two draw, um, and if they get the win, even better. But there's really no reason to take a loss to this team right now, which is really struggling overall. I mean, I know they had a, a real nice showing against Atlanta, but they're really a team that you shouldn't. Um, be shaking in your boots about. I should correct myself. I had said that Bill and Meath had missed some time. I didn't realize that his knee injury from earlier this year didn't affect him from playing any of the MLS games. So that was me misremembering how serious an injury it was. So ignore me. But he is coming off of a, a groin injury that he suffered um, about two weeks ago. Um, he said he was fine, but he gave up four goals against Philadelphia. So... That'll be something to watch out for. Yeah, so we'll 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 see how the game goes. Um, again, it's a game I'm predicting a draw from. I don't think they'll win it, but I think they can drag out a one-one draw, and that'll be fine with me. That's that's what they need to start doing is going on the road and taking points, even if it's only one. That's fine because I think this team's going to be so dynamite at home that you don't really need to worry about it. I think you just got to go on the road and try to try to drag a point home. So hopefully it starts on Saturday. Hopefully, yeah. And i probably in agreement with you. I, I see the fire leaving uh, our nation's capital with a one point and a draw. But I wouldn't be surprised if they also win this game, to be honest with you, with how Wilson D.C. has been and how good the fire have looked the last two matches. I mean, I guess there's a little bit of concern that the fire are now going to be playing three games in seven days. DC didn't have to play midweek game, so they may be a little more rested come Saturday. But that'll just be something to keep an eye on here in the next few days. But even if we see some roster rotation, I'm kind of excited for it. I like uh, Solignac. I'm not, you know, I think he's a good player. 
But I'd be totally cool to see Arturo Alvarez get a start on Saturday. I think he still has a lot to give. So, you know, rotating a guy like him in is a good idea, I think. Um, you could start Jonathan Campbell if you wanted. You could start Matt Polster um, where Schweinsteiger starts or, or Juninho. I mean, there's there's a lot of options for the team. I don't think that should well, walk the D.C. feeling like they're a tired bunch of, um, you know, just a just a tired bunch, I think. Well, well don't forget, Michael Harrington has also gotten some good rest here in the last week or so. So, he'll <laughs> right. be raring to go. Harrington has had plenty of rest, so who knows? Maybe he shows up. Well... If he does show up, and he may actually have to buy a ticket to get into the stadium. <laughs> yeah, at this point, I think that might be true. So, all right, Jeff. Well, uh, is there anything else that we got to cover in Fireland? No, uh, Chicago Firewise. I think that's about it. Obviously, their uh, their players down in Tulsa are looking good, especially Joey Kalistri. So that's been a nice thing to see. MLS-wise, I think the season's playing out pretty much as uh, most people expected. Mm-hmm. Again, it's early, and um, teams get excited about these results, and things can change pretty drastically come July or August. So we always got to take it with a grain of salt. But um, I don't want to dampen anybody's expectations. I'm all on board with this fire team, and I think that they have a really bright future ahead, and I think it's going to be a pretty special season for them. And I'm glad you mentioned that um, the Joey Kalistri, who um, once again looked really good. Three goals in seven games for Tulsa. And somebody you haven't mentioned, Colin Fernandez, he's actually looked pretty good so far for Tulsa this season. He's not really making many highlight plays, but he's been a pretty uh, steady force there in their midfield. So it wouldn't surprise me if at least Kalistri – Possibly Fernandez make an appearance at some point for the main roster this year, um, barring injury, of course. Hopefully it doesn't have to come to that. But it's nice to have that depth playing so well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's it's a good depth for the fire, and it, it can only help. So he, he may get a chance to shine on the big stage. We'll see how it goes as the summer progresses. Outside of that um, – you know, it's good to get a podcast out there again. And if people really want to hear my voice, I did record a podcast with Flounders B Team, which you can find on Twitter, at Flounders B Team, which we recorded after the Chicago Fire Seattle Sounders game. And it was a good time. They're good people. And uh, I pretty much pump up the fire and say Seattle's terrible. So if you want to listen to any of that, Go ahead and check out that podcast. Um, but, yeah, that's about it from uh, from my perspective here. Great. And remember, everyone, um, the website's being updated again. We had a bit of a – we took a little bit of a Mother's Day break, but content's flying hot and fresh on the website. Um, that's fireandicesoccer.com. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, Fire and Ice Soccer. Um, I said, when you listen to these podcasts, um, please rate and review us. Let us know what you guys think. And we always, we always listen to them. We read them and we try to improve the show based on uh, what you tell us. So wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever else service you use, feel free to rate and review. We always appreciate that. 
So um, joining me as always is Jeff Englehart. This has been Ryan Boyles and go fire. Get some phones rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. Just hit the east side of the LBC on a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. Seen a car full of girls, ain't no need to tweak. All of you search know what's up with 213. So I hook select on 21 and Lewis.